of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. We'd like to welcome you all to the third episode of the Qazwini Brothers podcast. My name is Sayyid Muhammad Rida Qazwini and joined with me today is my dear elder brother, Sayyid Jawad Qazwini. Today we'll be talking about something that we rarely ever discuss on these kinds of platforms and that'll be veganism. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى الطيبين الطاهرين respected viewers brothers sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته um, like you said the topic that we have chosen for today is indeed um, an extremely important topic and uh, I don't know, I'm sure it's been discussed in the past by other Muslim scholars or by other Muslim activists. Um, however, I feel that um, this subject has not been given um, uh, the justice that it deserves. Uh, it has not been addressed and it has not been spoken about as much as uh, it needs, um, as much, it, it has not been given the attention that it needs and therefore I feel like it's a very important topic uh, to be discussed um, you know today anywhere you go all around the world everybody's talking about this um, um, you know through my travels everybody's asking me about it so right. um, I'm looking forward to discussing it with you yeah um, obviously it's a an obsession and a very new lifestyle it's old but uh, it's gaining footing recently we'll be talking about a few new points today we'll be going over we'll define veganism first of all uh, we'll talk about when it became popular we'll go over the scientific pros and cons of veganism then we'll talk about the Islamic view on veganism and finally we'll talk about our Islamic centers and community centers in respect to veganism. So veganism is basically the diet and philosophy that refrains of human exploitation of animals. So some vegans are strictly dietary vegans. They just refrain from eating anything that has animal products in it. And some are also philosophically vegan as well. So they refrain from using anything that has animal products in it, such as creams, lotions, or if something was used with animal testing, they refrain from using that too. Um, so when was the first time you heard about veganism? Uh, I mean, I, I, many years ago, um, I remember I visited a community and there was a Q&A session and within the Q&A session this question was asked of me and um, I really was not very familiar with that. Um, so were, you know, not, not everybody in that Q&A session was also familiar with it. So a lot of people were defining it differently. Right. Um, so I went home, I remember I went back to the hotel that same night and uh, I, uh, I looked it up, I read a little bit about, uh, about it. And from, you know, from that uh, time onwards, uh, this almost comes up in every, 
you know, uh, visitation that I do to different communities around the world mm -hmm. is people bring this up and ask about it. And I felt like in the past two, three years, it's become something very serious, something that right. is, you know, uh, a lot of people in our community are now. It's gained a lot of attraction. Definitely, for sure. Um, I hadn't personally known about veganism until probably <clears throat> 2012. Um, and when I didn't find out about it, <clears throat> I hadn't done that much research. I just heard about it from friends that were vegan. But veganism has been around for centuries. You know, some cultures and religions are vegetarian, and some take it a step further and they're vegan as well. Um, it's estimated that within the U.S. there's 1.7 million vegans. <clears throat> So there was recently a docu-series I watched on Netflix called Game Changers. And I know when Game Changers came out, um, everyone was talking about veganism. Like it was trending on Twitter, on all social media. And this uh, docu-series has got to be the best produced one about veganism so far. They have big names like James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Diaz brothers. Um, so they're basically talking about all the magical properties of veganism in it. Yeah, I watched this show um, briefly, um, and um, I really like it. Yeah, I like it because of several reasons. Um, because one, I feel like they're interviewing certain people that are basically talking about their results, how they feel. Uh, you know, obviously, we know media can play around with numbers and show things differently. And <clears throat> obviously, I don't agree with everything that's on TV, right? Uh, including this particular show. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like the fact that they're getting, you know, big, buff, strong men right. and women mm -hmm. that are no longer depending on, you know having to feed themselves and, and gain energy off animals. Yeah. And um, they basically, to be honest with you, I felt like they look healthier, they look much healthier, and I don't see why they would lie. All those very important people, all those athletes would, would lie about how, they, how their new diet made them feel. Um, and definitely something that makes you wonder, makes you start you know, asking yourself questions right. about how much, um, you know, meat we end up consuming every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are saying that this can basically, you'll feel results even if you were to skip having any sort of meat product for a single day. Yeah. Plant-based diet, nutrition for just one day. The same day you'll start seeing results. Uh, for example, I like how they... Um, they basically went to the firefighters and they said for a whole week, just go ahead and use a plant-based diet right. and, uh, and then see how you feel. And then they also did a lot of tests on them Correct. and things look different. I mean, uh, things look much better in, right. in many aspects. However, I felt like they are all saying the same thing as in uh, they're all getting the same results, 100%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, I think that's just too good to be true. Right. Uh, you know, how can, even, even if, you know, all this 
plant-based lifestyle is really good, it should be something like 7 out of 10, 9 out of 10 at best. But 10 out of 10 just sounds literally impossible because, you know, there, were, there, were, there will be certain people and certain bodies and certain physical beings uh, that would basically not be able to cope with just like, you know, it works on so many people mm -hmm. to be on a, a, a plant-based diet. And the same time, it won't work on other people. So right. that's just how I feel. I, I mean, I'm definitely not a scholar on this topic of veganism. Yeah. I have not uh, researched it fully. I've done as much as I could just to prepare for this show because I felt like we need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. we, need to, uh, we need to give the Islamic perspective. Uh, people basically need this platform to discuss such issues. But, um, you know, just between me and you, the, the way I feel when I don't eat meat, for and, and I've asked physicians about it, and maybe we'll talk about it in the end of the show, but just pertaining the accuracy of this show, I want to say that, you know, when I don't eat meat uh, for like three days, right. and I'm active, I'm exercising, I'm doing, you know, just the rigorous activities. The third day, man, I'm really weak. Right. I don't feel like I can do anything. You know, I I get very fatigued and tired. Right. Versus at the in the show, you see that everybody who goes vegan Is that when starts you, when you don't eat red meat or just animal products in general. No, it's not. It's when I don't eat red meat actually. Right. Uh, like for example. I'm traveling to Europe, I'm doing a tour, mm -hmm. uh, or, or just a vacation, uh, you know, I like traveling, and yeah. I've, I've been to many countries, maybe we'll talk about that one day. Uh, so, you know, when I travel, like for example, when I would travel to Prague, um, I, that same, the day I arrived, uh, was kind of late, so the next day I started at, after Fajr right away, mm -hmm. and just on foot, <laughs> you, you have to walk that city, Yeah, and I went just before Maghrib uh, to basically pray um, and uh, and then I just you know did my Maghrib and Asha and I <coughs> excuse me thank you, thank you. And, it's not uh, the corona don't worry. <laughs> and uh, and then I uh, I did Maghrib and Asha ate something and, and went to sleep but that day I walked about uh, 12 kilometers in one day Mashallah. that's so like six, that, seven miles uh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you if you keep doing that for three four days, then you're fatigued. I feel like my body needs meat, red right. meat, because I can't eat red meat there, obviously. So I have to just eat either fish mm -hmm. or go veggie. Yeah. It definitely looks healthier to me. It I feel it gets digested much better. I, those things I agree with. Right. That I feel like my food is being digested better. My food looks healthier, especially mm -hmm. if I have to order out in a restaurant. I would rather stay away from me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm just telling you that that's how, how you it makes feel me feel. Personally. Yeah. yeah, there's obviously pros and cons to both uh, omnivorism, so like consuming meat and plant-based diets, and specifically plant-based diets. There's science behind uh, both of them, but we know that like. Uh, if a proportion of the population was to become vegan, then there would be a lot of uh, limitations on greenhouse gases. So if livestock were a country, like animals that we consume were a country, they would be the number three top uh, exporter of greenhouse gases. 
So I think we should look at how industrialized meat eating has become. We know in our halal diet, halal dabiha diet, we can't really eat at McDonald's, Burger King, um, Carl's Jr., these places that have industrial plants that, you know, abuse animals, confine them to small spaces, um, slaughter them in mechanical ways, stuff that um, halal dabiha would not agree with. So we know that if there was a proportion of vegans that the greenhouse gases would go down. Um, so after I've, I've uh, found the, the, there's also cons to being a vegan as well because you know, red meat gives you calcium and certain types of proteins that are broken down within your body different, vitamin B12, vitamin B6, vitamin B3, iron. So for people that have iron deficiency like myself, just like you, I feel weak after a few days of not eating red meat. So if I were to become vegan, I would have to rely on many supplements, you know, and I would have to be very strict and balanced within my vegan diet so I'm not intaking so much soy. Um, so science perspectives um, aside, what is the Islamic view on veganism? Um, so just to discuss the pros and cons, like you mentioned, I think that's a, a really good place to dis discuss this topic. Uh, it's, a, it's a good way to get into this discussion. Amongst the pros that I, I believe in personally, and I feel, uh, I feel that it's important for every human being to initially, to essentially start uh, uh, changing their ways in order to uh, preserve the life of more animals. You know? Right. Um, I feel that, uh, you know, animal, animals are being slaughtered every day in very cruel ways. Uh, you know, we, we, you're right, we as Muslims living in the West, uh, the way that we eat meat or we consume meat as it goes, it has to be slaughtered in specific ways and we all know how, you know, halal, uh, uh, you know, halal meat is produced. Much different than, you know, the, the industrial. industrial way of consuming meat. Right. However, what about Muslim countries that have huge numbers? Right. You know, for example, you look at a Muslim country that has... 50 million, 100 million, 200 million people, right. Muslims, and they need to consume meat, and they won't be able to just take a sheep or a cow and slaughter in the very classic way. So right. they have actually produced the same type of slaughterhouses, hmm. and um, just because they're, they're they're basically not able to, you know, there's there's so much demand right. that uh, they're not they're not able to take their time to basically start a, slaughter it in the classic way, or it's just not economically viable for them to do that. So, uh, the same thing is happening in Muslim countries. Right. Uh, animals, you know, I remember um, when I was traveling several years ago, um, and I was in a European country, and um, I, got, I got stopped by a, a group of teenagers, that uh, were basically, they had like a very big screen mm -hmm. 
of animals in slaughterhouses being abused. And wow. it was just such a disturbing uh, image that I had seen that I really just wanted to run away from there. I mean, I was there for vacation. I was just walking around trying to enjoy Europe and the good weather. Yeah. And all I could see and hear is, you know, pigs uh, being uh, treated with cruelty and, and, and cows and sheep and chickens and... And, you know, they cram them up in, in such a very mean way, the way they right. slaughter them, the way they electrocute them. Uh, are <laughs> human beings allowed to do that? No, we're not. We're not allowed to treat animals with such cruelty because we enjoy eating meat. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to say that, you know, I want to say it is time for us to rethink this, revisit this idea that Obviously, I'm not sitting here saying, let's go vegan, don't eat meat. That's not my job. You know, I'm not a nutritionist, neither a scholar on this topic, nor is it that Islam tells us to go vegan. So I, as a religious scholar, as an Islamic scholar, would then tell my audience to go vegan. We're talking about this in a subjective way. Right. And I want to say that Islam, What I want to say what Islam does say. You cannot be cruel to animals. You cannot even be cruel to plants. Right. You cannot be cruel to Mother Earth. Right. Period. And so whenever we see that, we have to be able to voice our opinion. We have to stand against uh, that kind of injustice happening to animals. Um, so that's one that I feel is part of the pros of, of being a vegan. Number two, I think we're just so used to eating meat that we're not, you know, basically this will... This has and will continue to destroy our health. Right. You know, with with so much consumption of of uh, of of meat, uh, at the end of the day, it's proven that it's not good for your health. You know, if you're sitting there eating a burger every day from yeah. McDonald's, high or, cholesterol. You know, that lead to clogged arteries real quick. Yeah. And you know that's Especially. that's that's uh, with the hospital in Iraq. That's that's the, the most common one thing. thing you know, yeah. People come in after uh, after a full breakfast with a clogged yeah. artery, and yeah. uh, it's because there's just so much oil, and you know they eat meat. I remember the very first time I went to Iraq. Uh, we were in Najaf, and inshallah we get to go again, and uh, basically it was Fajr, so I went to the Halam. And I, I, I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And after the haram, after sunrise, we left the haram to go back to the hotel. And for us, it was time to sleep. But when I got out, I saw people barbecuing. Yeah. And uh, did you just get us water because we were thirsty? <laughs> well, we won't be able to drink it for another couple of hours. But okay. thank you. So... Uh, uh, so I got out, and we, I saw people barbecuing. Believe it or not, yeah. people were eating kebabs and uh, all those, you know, liver from very early in the morning and then yeah. doing it again for lunch and then doing it again for dinner. That is not healthy. So to, to preserve the health of humanity and human beings and your family and your loved ones, you also have to cut down on consuming meat. Right. Um, and you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He has put so much tayyibat, that which is good for us to consume and eat on this earth. And you know, let's give a chance to you know, eating a, a plant based diet here every, every while. Yes. 
uh, let's uh, let's make sure that we uh, are, are are taking it easy on our digestive system. I think that's something very important. Mm -hmm. uh, those are amongst the pros. You know, like you said, um, if if if, if, a, if people start cutting down on meat, then uh, there are a lot of pros and. Amongst the cons, I feel is that, you know, it it really won't work for everybody. Right. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I read an article. Obviously, there's two sides, and and you as as a layman, you won't really be able to just pick sides that quick. Uh, but for example, it I've read that it won't do any good to children that are you know growing up and are in need of different nutrition. Right. You know why? I feel like it would even work for them, but I feel like because, like you said, they won't be disciplined enough to sit there and take all those supplements, right. to do it all vitamins, to do it on time, mm -hmm. uh, then it's not going to be easy. Right. There's two schools of thought. That's, that's obvious. I think people um, should be free to choose between... If yeah, they want to become course. vegan or not vegan, but I urge everyone to do scientific research, do their own homework, and see if it would fit within um, their lifestyle. I know me personally, I have to limit my use of animal products because I have hereditary high cholesterol. You and I both do. Um, so, along with exercise, I have to keep fit, but I can't just sit there and eat red meat every day, steak, dry yeah. tip. T-bone, ribeye, yeah. although it tastes, relaxing. yeah, so um, we, we do have to make sure that we limit our consumption. Um, every time I go to the Islamic Center, you know, like before the Corona, obviously, every Friday we would have lunch after Jum'ah prayer, and I would realize that like every time it's either chicken or kebab or, you know, nihari or just meat options all the time. Even if there was a soup, it would be uh, meat broth within the soup. Uh, I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing this out. Um, maybe there would be a vegetarian or vegan member of our community. So how do you think we should go about that, changing the culture of our uh, community centers? Yeah, um, we'll discuss that, and then we will further discuss the Islamic opinion on okay. you know Islamic diets on veganism because mm -hmm. I think we need to really focus on that for a little bit. Okay, but uh, let me share a story with you, and you'll realize how uh, how the situation is in, in most our communities. Right. So many years ago, uh, I was just starting to lecture, to travel for a lecture, and. Uh, I was invited to a community that's predominantly Desi, and it was the month of Ramadan, and um, I remember I gave a lecture, and then there was iftar. Mm. So when we sat for iftar, there was a bowl that looked like it had so much spices. Yeah. Um, it just looked like it was gonna burn just from the inside. High. Yeah. <clears throat> and. You know, a little bit of bread, and people were eating it. I was really hungry, um, and uh, you know, I didn't have any other options. So I got a glass of water. I was eating a little bit from there, 
and just drinking water, eating yeah. a little bit, and every bite I would take would just burn me from the inside because I really was not used to eating so much spices, especially right. on an empty stomach. I mean, I mean, you can't even do that now. Nobody right. can. It's just you have to have really this tolerance for it, right? Right. Um, so I remember I was thinking to myself that the guy that brought the food today or the sponsor or whoever it was, he must have been really mad at the community members because what is he doing with them? You know, so I went home and I had this upset stomach. They dropped me off at the hotel. I had this upset stomach. I was really, I mean... In bad shape. I was in bad shape. Yeah. Okay. And I was thinking for Sahar, you know, they're, they've packed me up a different type of meal. Right. And, you know, it's going to make me feel better. I can actually enjoy what I'm eating. And I opened it and it was the same exact thing. So I was very disappointed. It was very bad. And, um, and just to let you know, this happened for 15 days straight. Wow. So I was done by the time I was out. I think I had different ulcers in my stomach and different things. <laughs> you know things what they on. say, though? Pain is weakness leaving the body. So, uh, well, I'm not sure about you know, the type of pain that I was having. I think it's just that. So with that said, what I want to yeah. say is our communities literally do not accommodate anybody besides what they feel they desire and they like and right. they enjoy. You go to a predominantly Iraqi community and all you see is Tabin Qima. Yeah. You go to a predominantly Iranian community and there's all you see is Chirul Kabab. Oh man. You go to a, a, a you know a, a Desi community, all you see is Nahari or, or Biryani or spicy no. food. Or yeah. So I think, you know, we have to consider, you know, why not bring out a salad? You know, yeah. This Ramadan for 30 days, we're not meeting, you know, nobody's going to be meeting in the Islamic centers and having a fast together, but why not when we do meet, why not that when we do have majalis, why not when we do gather every literally 10 times, why not just bring out a really healthy, nice salad yeah. and let people enjoy that? You know, if you care for their health, this is good. Right. If you care for saving animals, this is good. If you care for... The way that your, your, your cafeteria or your center, or sometimes some people do it in their actual prayer hall, mm -hmm. how it smells, yeah. a salad is always the, the way to go. So why not do fruits? Why not do salads? I personally, to be honest, everybody knows that the people that listen to my all my lectures have definitely come across me saying that I am against food in Islamic centers, period. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like they're not restaurants, they're not you know open buffets. Right. People can eat at home. This Ramadan has told the whole world, the Muslim world, especially the ones living in America, that everybody affords a meal at home, a fad at home, and that everybody enjoys their fad at home. So let people do their fad at home uh, and then go to the mosque or mm -hmm. vice versa. Give them a, a lecture, give them their program, give them half an hour, 45 minutes to get home. Right and enjoy that time with our family. We don't need to spend, as centers, we don't need to spend 30 to 200 grand. I have lectured in small centers that would spend 30 grand, $1,000 a night, which is nothing. Right. All the way to two, $300,000 every yeah. evening on in food. One on food. Yeah. So imagine this, unbelievable number of, of money that's spent on food that can go to so many different pockets. One is food for the soul, mm -hmm. food for the mind. Right. I mean, look at the websites that we have. 
Look at the books that we have. Look at the online libraries that we have. All those can be... Need improvement. Need improvement. And they can be supported by cutting down on the cost of food in the mosque. So, you know, I think that the number of vegans in our community has grown to right. an amount where we need to respect their existence in our community. We need to give them the option of having some vegan meals. You know, I remember when I was flying into the U.S. just this last time, uh, we were on a flight that gave us three meals mm -hmm. and none of them had a vegetarian option. Wow. And it was very disturbing to me. The first time I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. The second time, but the third time I, you know, I said to the lady uh, that, uh, to the stewardess that imagine, you know, do you not have vegans? Do you not have people that are on, you know, uh, vegetarians? vegetarians? Yeah. Uh, and she said, well, you have to pre-order that online. But that tells you that, you know, when you're not accommodated, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, you know, I will never fly on that airplane again. I will mm -hmm. never fly, I will never use that, um, uh, serve their services again because of that and other incidents that happened. But when people are inconsiderate, they're inconsiderate at everything, right? Right. So we have to be considerate to others. Mm -hmm. If there are 10 members in our community that are vegan, that are vegetarian, then we have to respect that. And we have to make that food available for them. And if there are people who try to, you know, they're working out all, all week long, they're trying to stay fit, and then they end up coming to the mosque and, you know, the tables are turned now, everything is going uh, unhealthy food. Unhealthy food. Yeah. So I think we need to change that. Um, and it's a good point that you brought up. This year, nobody is going to be eating mosque food, but yeah. from next, you know, inshallah, Muharram or Ramadan, uh, next Ramadan, definitely, uh, if there's going to be food in the mosque, then, you know, I hope it's going to be much healthier. Let's make a campaign. Let's like let's learn a lot of things from 2020. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Uh, no bat soup, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what is the Islamic perspective on veganism? Because some people uh, wonder, you know, I've heard that if I don't consume meat in 40 days within the allotted period, you know, that's bad. The Prophet has advised us to eat meat. Um, some people say there's just a lot of misinformation out there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I want to get this clear and ask you first and foremost. What is uh, the Islamic perspective on be being vegan or even vegetarian for that matter? Yeah. So, in one word, is it allowed? Yes. Mm. There's nothing that stops you. It's not haram not to eat meat or consume meat. It is not haram. Right. Now, whether it is unrecommended or makruh, I will talk about that just now. So, uh, you know, a lot of people end up saying, well, it's makul, it's unrecommended. I want to say, maybe you're doing unrecommended things day and night. Right. So why is it that you're stuck up on this one, you know? Awesome, yeah. Sleeping after Fajr prayers, that's unrecommended. But I'm sure everybody's sleeping after Fajr prayers. Right. Very few are the ones that get up and go to work and, you know, become active. Mm -hmm. um, overeating is makul. As unrecommended, right? Uh, I mean, I can I can list so many things that uh, people do that are unrecommended, yeah. Um, and things that are recommended that people don't do. For example, clipping your nails every Friday, mm -hmm. you know, getting a haircut every Friday, 
trimming your 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 uh, your beard every Friday, things like this, uh, attending the Friday prayers, um, and so many things. You know the 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 prayers that we do before Maghrib and Asha, Dhuhr and Asr, Subh prayers, the what they're called the Nawafil. Yeah. Uh, those are all recommended things, but I don't see people you know running after them. I don't see people so eager to do them. But when it comes to eating meat. Why don't you just say, I love eating meat so much, yeah, and not blame religion, yeah. and not use religion to, to make a point. And I feel that both parties are doing it now. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just traveling to a specific place, I don't want to mention names, and uh, there was a group of vegans, and they were trying to use religion in order to make it mandatory that every Muslim needs to be vegan. And I spoke a lot about it. I mean, I, I, I said a lot of good things about it. Right. And uh, they were not satisfied. Until I would say that religion is against consuming any, any meat. And on the other hand, I feel like people that love meat, mm -hmm. maybe restaurant owners, yeah. um, they will do whatever they can in order to make it seem like it is religiously not allowed. Let's put mm -hmm. that aside because I think that's, that's really not the case. Mm -hmm. um, we have a hadith. Every Muslim goes around saying this hadith that, you know, um, you should eat meat every 40 days. So I looked up those hadiths. Uh, as far as their chain, as far as the validity, it's really not the best of validities. Okay. The best of chain of narrators. Um, and you know what the hadith says, the, the primary one says, if you do not, men, and, and, and obviously you know when you're fasting, you really cannot misquote the Quran or the Prophet or the Imam, so you should know that once we say those hadiths, we are, uh, if we are not accurate in exact terms, right. we're just trying to paraphrase, paraphrase them yes. to you, so you understand the gist of it. Um, so the hadith says, mm. Whoever does not meet, eat meat for 40 days will have, uh, will become angry, agitated yeah. in the way they behave. Um, that's, moody maybe. They'll become moody. That's what I saw really. Um, yeah. I saw other hadiths that really, uh, they, they, were, they were outside the Madhab of Ahl bayt and to be honest with you, they're bogus. they're definitely bogus. They're definitely inaccurate. Um, I'll give you one example, um, and and I'm honestly not trying to crack a joke, but this is a, a hadith that's very popular in the books of other Muslims. With all due respect to obviously every Muslim, uh, but I just want to make it a point that you know a hadith that's used to praise meat and consuming mm -hmm. meat. Is a hadith by the Prophet that says, obviously it's not a hadith, but it's placed in the books, it's a lie, it's a scam, it's a fabrication, that says, I like Aisha, the Prophet said, I like Aisha mm -hmm. more than my wife's, just like I like eating meat more than the rest of the fruits. Wow. You know, knowing the Prophet, the way he spoke, the way he referred to his wives, his family, He's not going to compare something very shallow. To very say. shallow. Yeah. Very shallow. But because people 
uh, I guess we're trying to uplift her status mm -hmm. amongst the obese. Yeah. They were saying that all oh, the prophets said this. So, honestly, I feel like, you know, a lot of people say maybe some of the followers of the Ahlul Bayt disrespect the lives of the Prophet and what have you, but to be honest with you, I feel that there is more disrespect about certain wives of the Prophet and and his family, for for a matter of fact, and the Prophet himself, mm -hmm. and the books of the, you know, those who are outside the Madhab of Ahlul Bayt. And I don't say that in, in, in a mean way. I feel like this is a mean hadith. This is something that should not have been said. Right. Um, or, for example, the hadiths that speak of the Prophet, for example, set, sitting down in Aisha's home and looking at belly dancers on the day of Eid. You know, mm -hmm. obviously we know the Prophet would never do that. So before you bring up the fact that, you know, why you're disrespecting the wives of the Prophet or the companions of the Prophet, here's the Prophet himself being disrespected. Anyways, this is not our topic. I don't want to right. spend more time on it. It's just but to illustrate some hadiths are obviously completely bogus. Fabricated. Yeah. I'm not going um, to, you know, even consider them for a second, right. let alone, you know, make a, a religious verdict upon mm -hmm. them. So, uh, and then we have other hadiths, like about lentils. We have many hadiths that talk yeah. about lentils. We have many hadiths that talk about... So if we were to bring out other hadiths, you know, veganism or, or a, a plant-based diet, can also have so many hadiths to their advantage as well. So to sum it up, I would say the following. Islam is not against you being a vegan. Mm -hmm. But Islam is against you turning your stomachs into graveyards of animals. We have right. a hadith like, do not turn your stomachs into graveyards of animals. Do right. not disturb animals when you don't need to. Hunting in Islam for the sake of pleasure is haram. Right. You can't just go around killing animals. So, Islam always calls for moderation. If you look at the Quran, and you look at the Prophet, and you look at the Imams, and you look at the, the, the scholars that follow the footsteps of, mm -hmm. of, of the great examples of the Prophet and his Ahlul Bayt, you find that they are, they are moderate in the way they behave. Um, you know, they're not eating meat every day, but they're not cutting meat out of their diet completely. That's how the Imams were. You know, a lot of people are asking us, talk about the diet of the Imams, talk about the Ahlul Bayt, how they ate. Right. So, obviously they weren't vegan, yeah. but they weren't eating meat 24-7. Definitely. They were eating it as much as they, they needed, their body needed it, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, for example, we have hadiths that the Imam tells certain people to eat a lot of lemon. We have a lot of hadiths that tell people to eat lentils. We have uh, hadiths that, yeah. So we have hadiths that talk about different kinds of food. We can't just focus on the ones that say do not eat meat or eat meat. Right. That is wrong. That is uh, not an uh, not a, a very academic way of of researching this topic. Um, so I think moderation is the best way. I was thinking just before the show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when in the Quran he discusses the food, the heavenly foods. Yeah. So he says, mm -hmm. Allah says, and the people of paradise will receive bird meat. Uh, bird meat, basically from all kinds of food that they desire. And he gives the, the Quran gives the example of bird meat. Right. 
Um, that is something that came to my mind that tells you that Islam is not uh, against consuming animals. Right. Um, and it allows us to uh, eat animals and consume animals. Um, obviously, there was no questions about that, but I'm just making a point. There's also a hadith, a very famous hadith that's mentioned in the books of the Muslims, all the Muslims, that the Prophet once received a tayyur mashwi. Mm. The fried bird, if anybody is listening to this, can search this online. Hadith of Tayyar al-Mashwi. The hadith of the fried bird. That the Prophet was at home, a person fried a bird, and they took it to the Prophet. So the Prophet said, Oh Allah, send me the most beloved of your creation, of your servants, of those who worship you, to join me in this meal. Wow. Which tells you that the Prophet was enjoying it. Right. And he wanted the most beloved person after him to also enjoy it wow. with him. And the hadith says that Imam Ali came and joined uh, Rasulullah in this, in this meal. Now, the hadith is long. I don't want to take time in explaining the hadith. But I want to say that the Prophet enjoyed that meal. Right. Um, however, you know, a lot of vegans, Muslim vegans, Shi'i vegans, will tell you, uh, you know, Imam Ali uh, obviously was known to be a vegan. He was eating, he was eating bread. He was, you know, he was not eating meat. In fact, he avoided meat. He, that is not because he wanted to be vegan. That is because Imam Ali clearly stated why he was taking up that lifestyle. That was after he became... Amir al-Mu'mineen, That's right? No, he was always Amir al-Mu'mineen. That's but because he, after yeah. he became the physical Khalif, after yes. people gave him allegiance to right. uh, rule the Muslim world, right. Imam Ali announced to live as yes. the most humble of you. Right. The and poorest he, of you. The poorest of you. And he knew that there's going to be people who cannot afford meat. So right. he lived like that. He right. lived like them. He lived like the poorest of people. There was a few questions. Um, one was about lentils. So... Um, I think someone asked that lentils have the same protein as uh, meat does. So th that is true. I did research, scientific research. Um, I found an article by Harvard that spoke about lentils and meat. So basically, lentils can offer you the same protein as meat. You might have to eat a larger serving of lentils. Um, but what lentils lack uh, are... Things like calcium, iron, vitamin B6, vitamin B3, and vitamin B12. However, lentils will not give you uh, cholesterol, and they do not have saturated fat. The fat within them is polyunsaturated, which will then break down within your body. The fat lipids break down in your body easier. Uh, they don't bind as much. So there's lower calories, basically. Okay. Um, I feel like we answered a lot of the questions. Yeah. Like, for example, there's a question that said, how can God, the merciful, or the religion of peace allow the slaughter of animals? I feel like we talked about that. We talked about the inhumane way of, of, uh, of treating animals. We talked about the fact that we can only consume them as, as much as we need. At mm -hmm. um, the end of the day, there's no difference between animals or plants, you know, right. we're consuming what's on earth as right. much as we need, and we have been permitted to do that. In fact, let me say this, 
Why is it that we have to say Bismillah when we slaughter an animal? Why is it that, you know, Islamic food or kosher food requires that, that the name of God is mentioned at the time of the slaughter? It's because we remind ourselves that we are, have been given permission to consume those animals and those sacrifices for ourselves, for as much as we need, and that's it. You know, um, and, and that is why halal meat, one of the reasons, one of the conditions of having halal meat is having to say the word of God, the name of God. Why? Because we remind ourselves that He is the one that gave us permission. Mm -hmm. And we take that as, uh, you know, um, a permission from Allah, not something that we take for granted that, okay, now that you've permitted me, it's like, you know, if I tell you, you know, you can use my car whenever you want, but now you're not going to drive your car, you're going to drive my car and put miles on it every day. You know, that's just what I meant when I gave you that permission is use it as much as you need, when you need, but don't abuse that permission.